Well, I mean, Bucks and six. I mean, what else was I supposed to say? We're going to lose and we're going to get swept? I mean, yeah, Bucks and six always. That's, that's for the culture. What's going on, Bucks fans? We are back with a brand new episode of the Ike Bucks podcast. It's been a long time. You know, it's been a long time. It's It was a weird year. It's a weird season. We had that long extended break. We had the bubble. And then now we have the off season. And we have kind of purposely taken a little time to just digest all of the madness that went on during this Bucks season. My name is KJ Eichstead. I'll be your host, and I'm joined today by Alex Eichstead, the co-founder. What's going on, Alex? Hey, what's going on, Bucks fans? Happy to be joining the podcast. Ready to talk about this crazy day we had yesterday, and looking forward to another great Bucks season, but hopefully a better pay- playoff push this time. And that's kind of the story. So the Bucks and Giannis's first MVP season. Uh, we cruised through the first round of the playoffs for the first time in a long time. We got through the Celtics in the second round, and then we met Kawhi Leonard only to go up 2-0 and then meet our match. A lot of people would call it a collapse. Coach Bud not making any adjustments. Uh, you know, there is plenty of evidence that both are true. Um, but I think a lot of Bucks fans, including myself, chalked that up as a mulligan. You know, it's the first time on a stage like the Eastern Conference Finals, you're going against a player like Kawhi Leonard, who might be considered destined to win the title that year, as he did, knocking off the Warriors. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like the Bucks. It's understandable for Giannis maybe to to get far, but not win the championship smooth sailing his first time, you know, Coach Bud's ye- first year. Um, so I think a lot of pl- people, uh, rightly so, cut the Bucks a little slack. Well, fast forward to this year, and it was almost championship or bust. You know, we let Brogdon go. We we signed a lot of vets. We put emphasis on you know upgrading our roster in terms of those players that uh, have playoff experience. I think a lot of people said that the Bucks didn't really have any playoff experience. Um, so we kind of put the put together the team, and we lost a lot of athleticism. Uh, you know, at times there wasn't enough spacing, like you, you could go down the list, uh, but the Bucks had an epic, epic collapse. They just weren't the same team post, uh, you know, post break. And, um, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, Giannis didn't play his best. I, you know, that let's just keep it real. He didn't play his best. Uh, we saw Chris Middleton put the team on his back during one game versus the Miami Heat. Um, you know, he can't, we can't rely on just him to do everything. Uh, but other than that, you know, Lopez played all right, but there really wasn't anything positive to really say about the team. Coach Bud, you know, it was a huge storyline. He would not make any adjustments. And now the Bucks have, you know, they had an early exit. And uh, one might say a lot of fans were pushed away. Well, the good news is John Horst has made two mammoth moves to kind of bring those fans back and push the Bucks back into as much into contention as they can be. Every offseason, the NBA has a seismic shift in terms of player movement, but the Bucks may have just made two of the biggest moves possible in acquiring Drew Holiday, two-time all-defensive player, um, and we also acquired Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings in a sign-and-trade, giving up a boatload of assets but acquiring two guards who, you know, are pretty much t- 
tailor-made for the modern NBA. It's not like we're acquiring a big man. It's not like we're acquiring a, you know, a Vucevic from Orlando or something like that. Uh, or, or even like, you know, it's not like we're acquiring an Eric Bledsoe. Uh, we actually got rid of Eric Bledsoe. We got rid of his contract. So it, it's just two massive moves. We're going to dive in. Al, what are your, what's your immediate reaction? My immediate reaction is thank the Lord for John Horst making those moves. I was one of those Bucks fans that just was sick to my stomach after watching their display in the bubble. It was horrible. I mean, we heard all season about how the Bucks struggled against the Heat, but then they came back in the bubble after taking that time off, and they just looked atrocious. The Heat, mm-hmm. going into that series, were the favorites uh, to anyone that actually was watching the games. And I wasn't surprised that they were blown out. Coach Bud refused to make any adjustments. I'm, I'm surprised they brought him back, to be honest. And I'm okay with giving him one more shot. Maybe it had something to do with Giannis. I'm okay with trying it. But he really doesn't deserve it, in my eyes. I would have, if I was horse, I probably would have canned him after last season. But... You know, Giannis is back. Chris Middleton is back. They just pick up Drew Holiday, considered one of the best on-ball defenders to be that third in the big three. I think mm-hmm. I saw this go out on Twitter. People were called, uh, ESPN called it a big three. And what was the reaction? Well, most NBA fans, unfortunately, laughed it off because of the way the Bucks completely flamed out of the playoffs last season. I really like the move because Drew Holiday is a tier up than Bledsoe. Bledsoe just, he couldn't play come playoff times. He couldn't shoot. And his mental aspect of the game, his mental understanding, which is so crucial in the playoffs, that that factor that guys like Jimmy Butler have, guys like Brogdon have, Bledsoe doesn't really have that. He more so relies off his extreme athleticism. And his flaws became apparent in the playoffs. I think Drew has more of that uh, leadership ability at the point guard kind of stepping in. He was also the most probable move, so I'm really happy that the Bucks were the team to land Drew Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. But let's not sleep on Bogdan Bogdanovich. This guy is, I think, the X factor in this whole deal yesterday that went down. Uh, the sign-in trade for Bogdan, uh, we gave, Bucks gave up Dante, I believe Ursan too. And DJ Wilson went to the Kings, and the Bucks get a foreign shooting guard who is 6'6", 220, and he can flat out stroke it. I remember in the World game uh, at, during the All-Star weekend, he played for the World team against the U.S., and this guy was pulling up from just short, uh, just past half court and just draining threes. So I think about how the Bucks are going to look when Giannis is not on the floor in this next season. And I'm pretty optimistic about the likelihood of Drew, uh, Chris Middleton, and Bogdan being able to put up points, as well as Brooke and maybe a guy like, uh, you know, you bring in Christian Wood or you get someone else that can fill these slots. I'm really excited about these moves, and I'm one of those Bucks fans who's now back and engaged after I was kind of pushed away after that horrible playoff showing. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think about the two uh, signings, KJ? Yeah, I mean, Drew Holiday, we've been talking about him for a while. We've been talking about him for years now. Uh, I remember specifically two seasons ago, the last season before Coach Bud got here, Drew Holiday beat the Bucks single-handedly, went back when AD was still on the Pelicans as well, 
And, uh, you know, any Bucks fans who remember that game, watch that game, just know that he's an impact player. And we talk about impact a lot, whether it's defense, whether it's offense, whether it's two-way, whether it's in a life situation. Um, making an impact is really what matters at the end of the day. And you look at the playoffs, the Bucks in the playoffs, we had certain players who could make an impact, such as Chris Middleton, and certain players who couldn't, such as, you know, the majority of the supporting cast. So it's kind of like, you know, we just needed to get better. Uh, we were hamstrung financially. We've already started to kind of give away assets, uh, maybe ill-advised. You know, in, <laughs> well, in, in, in terms of in terms of giving up a first round pick to get out of the Snell contract and then wave John Lure, it's just like those type of deals really come back to haunt you. And then getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon, like Bogdan Bogdan to Bogdanovich, we thought this guy was going to come to us in the trade deadline, and we facilitated that Brogdon deal to get this Indiana first round pick in the twenties uh, to hopefully you know make a move, and we ended up wasting another year of Giannis's prime uh, just with that playoff collapse. Now, obviously, that's just one move; it probably wouldn't have changed a ton in the grand scheme of things. But you know, both of these players are players of the Bucks almost like. I'm happy we have them now. I'm not happy that we shelled out every draft pick from now until the end of time. Forget about having any young player ever on the Bucks. You know, that's going to be a problem. I was making this joke to someone last night. No more small caps. It's straight blue chippers at this point. And, yep. uh, you know, it's it's just like we don't have any more assets to make a move. You know, that's the thing. You're, like Giannis has got yeah. to sign the Supermax now. Um you know, that goes without saying. Every Bucks fan wants him to sign the deal. Uh, I think Giannis, I'm just going to say it. I think he, uh, you know, he owes Milwaukee a lot. And and I think if he, you know, I, I don't even think he's going to leave, but I think he's going to stay. And I think he owes it to the fans, you know, people who have ridden with him through everything. Uh, you know, some people might disagree. They say he doesn't owe Milwaukee anything. Well, you know, I mean, if you come to Milwaukee and you put your boots on the ground and you see just the un unwavering support of this guy through the, you know, through the highs, through the awards, the MVP awards, the most improved player awards, the, the baby steps of making a playoff series and then sticking through um, the collapses and back-to-back years, you know, the extreme regression in the playoffs as the clock ticks on the free agency and the, and the rest of the world tries to build stories to get him out of here. It's like Giannis has an opportunity to quiet all that and just set up his future. He had he has a kid. He has a beautiful partner, Mariah. Um, you know he's got the team. He's got Brooke. He's got Drew Holiday. He's a boy, beast. Chris Middleton. He's got his Chris Middleton's been there ever since Giannis's rookie year. Um, Coach Bud is going to be back. He wouldn't be back if I was in charge, but yeah, um, he's back. You know that that's that's the other part of the of the side story. I'll address real quick. Coach Bud, it's like, if you're going to replace him, you know, yes, this playoff series uh, versus the Heat was a complete collapse. And even versus Orlando, like the team could not play in the playoffs. It was extremely concerning to say the least. And it ended up the result justified that in terms of us getting bounced early. But it's like, you don't want to exactly blow up the team when Giannis has one year left in the deal, right? Because if we did cruise through the regular season, get the number one seed, beat the Lakers, beat the Clippers, yes, it was regular season. But that's like good results that that set you up well for the playoffs. Like, yeah. say we fire Coach Bud, say we did fire Coach Bud hypothetically, and you brought in someone else. 
like a Mike D'Antoni or whoever it might have been, like a Doc Rivers, you know, very, very, very high chances that everything is riding on that season then. And, you know, they don't get as good as Coach Bud. Like, we don't get the number one seed with the number one coach uh, point differential beating some teams in great head-to-head matchups. Like, as big of a discrepancy as Coach Bud is during the regular season in the playoffs, at least he knew how to win. So so I kind of took the approach that if we were to replace Coach Bud, it did make sense to detonate the squad. It made sense to kind of replace him with like a – Hold on, hold on, hold on. It made sense to replace him with like a Darvin Ham from the staff. You know, maybe like a player motivates the guys to play, um, you know, really dig deep and match that Miami-like intensity in the playoffs. So I was thinking like obviously Coach Bud's sticking around for better or for worse. But uh, if we were to replace him, I thought it would come from within. Like I didn't think we'd bring in like a D'Antoni or a Doc Rivers. I thought it would be like keep the continuity but put a new voice at the helm such as a Darvin Ham. Um, But yeah, it's kind of just an interesting talking point. Go ahead. Yeah. A lot of our fans, audience might be aware of the sales term focus on the 1%. So this is something that I heard recently where it means, you know, you have all these things going on in the sales, but you need to focus on the 1% that actually matters. And what actually matters for the Bucks? It's keeping Giannis happy and getting him to sign that Supermax deal in Milwaukee. Everything else is just kind of noise. I mean, if you don't sign Giannis, this, this franchise, whether you have the draft capital or not, is headed to the dark ages. That's just, that's how it's set up. And, uh, it's just the reality of things. You're never, the Bucks. I mean, we went through the ages of Michael Red, the eras of Brandon Jennings and Monte Ellis. We don't want to go back to that. And the only player that's really keeping this dream of a championship alive is Giannis Antetokounmpo. So he's that 1% that the Bucks had to focus on. And if you get rid of Coach Bud and you bring in someone else, maybe, it, maybe that coach doesn't completely uh, vibe with Giannis the way Coach Bud does. You might force Giannis out of Milwaukee, and that would be the worst thing for the franchise. So I just wanted to toss that in. But, yeah, I'm not too happy about keeping him. One other point I want to make is that the Bucs also, this so far in this short, brief offseason, they've done some addition by subtraction. First guy I Mm -hmm. want to talk about, Robin Lopez. I mean, this guy, you know, nice guy. Big heart, <laughs> but he is just not the type of player that you want if you're trying to win a championship and knock off LeBron James. Uh, he's joking around. He's he doesn't really take things serious. He, he he brought this culture of all fun and laughing, but when it came to the playoffs, he's unplayable. And now the guys aren't really that. They're not that intense. I think another player I'm mm-hmm. kind of happy that the Bucks moved on from is George Hill. George Hill publicly Incredibly spoke out about how about how he didn't even want to play in the playoffs. And whether you don't want to play or not, man, <laughs> you're getting paid. You signed the contract. Play. Don't well, it, just. And so I'm happy that the Bucks have kind of removed him. One player I'm a little sad about going, actually two, is uh, first Dante. I want to give a shout out to Dante, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, he was the first round pick for the Bucks. And 17th overall, he really came in year one, didn't really play a whole lot, did spend some time up in Oshkosh, averaged about four points a game. And then year two last year, he took that step up, averaged uh, 23 minutes a game, about 10 points, 
and his defense was incredible. So I thought he had a great future ahead of him. He's only 23 years old, wishing him the best in Sacramento. But also Wesley Matthews. I was a little surprised to see him opt out, but I have to believe it was because the Bucks were targeting Bogdan. What do you think about that, KJ? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the writing was on the wall with George Hill. Just, look, a lot of people might disagree, but unprofessional uh, around around the way it was handled in terms of, man, I don't even want to play basketball right now. Basketball is the last thing on my mind. Well, it's not just about you, George Hill. It's about your teammates. You know, you know like, it's about, like, the hundreds of thousands of people who are counting on this franchise. Who paid for and this the- stadium. Well, who pay for the stadium, who pay for his deal and who pay to ha- for him to have this ranch in Texas. You know, it's like, you know, dude, like you have a bare bottom responsibility that you're blessed to play basketball. And it was just a fracture in the locker room, whether people want to admit it or not. You know, it, it was just the team did not need a catastrophic. They had everything going for him. And dividing then distraction kind of, like yeah. that. And, and yeah. it, 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 it knocked us out of the playoffs. You know, and it's, it's like, Look, we like George Hill's game. We like George Hill as a vet and everything he brings. But it's like, you don't even know if you can really bring someone back after that. It's, it's like, it's almost like he, it's like, where is his priority? You know, is it on a championship? I don't think so. You know, if it's not on a championship, like we can't be giving you a big, you know, a big role, role. like all these touches, yeah. uh, a usage rate. Like we can't, we just can't trust him. You know, we can't trust him to, to do what it takes to win. And it's really sad because I thought George Hill was a pro, you know, I thought he was a pro's pro. And once again, I, I think a lot, some people might disagree. That's fair. It's it's okay to have a different opinion than me. Yeah. yeah let us know what you think, Bucks he, fans. He was, you know, he was the guy who completely just took the season from being, you know, like, slightly focused and slightly focused on a championship prize to really like, you know, obviously there was distractions and then we're sitting on the couch watching the Miami heat move on when there's no way and you know what they should beat the bucks. You know, it's just, it was sad. Um, you know, and it was a move they had to make, like the writing was on the wall. I was sad to see Dante go when the Drew holiday news broke. I was excited that we kept Dante because like I said earlier, yeah. we gave up those, we gave up those five picks. You know, we, we have three first rounders. We gave up two first round pick swaps. It's pretty much like giving up your first rounder. Um, and you know, we, we, we had one young player left in Dante. Like, you know, maybe Lanky Smooth is a young player, but Dante actually has some, some respectable upside. And, um, you know, he's gone. He's a baller. <laughs> we got, we got Bogdan. We got Bogdanovich. He's a, he's a really good player. He's also young. So I want to emphasize that. But, um, yeah, I'm going to miss Dante. Uh, George Hill, kind of one of those guys who, he just, you know, we just had to move on. We had to go in a different direction. Um, you know, yeah, we're not some about... middling franchise. Well, well, just a sec. We're not some middling franchise who's just trying to make the playoffs. Like, this is red alert. We need to win the ship now. And uh, Robin Lopez, like you said, it's all great to have fun during the season. It's all great to to have fun while you're playing basketball. But when the going gets serious, we got to be, be able to buckle down and win and not get it's not like we lost a close game here. Like you could say the Toronto series, you know, we lost a few close ones. Like we got demolished. It was not a same team. It was like, who is this team? What have they done with the real bucks? So like you said, addition by subtraction, um, the two players we brought in definitely upside, uh, 
Bogdanovich, you know, he's he's had his fair share of big shots in Europe. I like that. It, it's almost like uh, we saw that with Luka Doncic. You know, he's he's winning these accolades in Europe. He's making these big time impacts in Europe. Going back to that word impact, and um, you know, it translated to the NBA. I'm not and I'm not saying Bogdanovich is anything like Luka Doncic, but uh, big shots in Europe, pretty big stages. You know, great numbers, translating well to the NBA, shooting the three well. Drew Holiday, two-way player, very solid. Um, we're, we're rolling with it. Go ahead, Al. I was going to bring up the point about the bench. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about, okay, well, the Bucks. yeah, they have a great starting five. They've got Giannis, Middleton, Drew, Holiday, Bogdanovich, and Brooke. But who else do they have? And if you look down the Bucks roster on the bench right now, you got Pat Connington, Kyle Korver, and Sterling Brown. And last season, the Bucks brought in Marvin Williams. And this is mm-hmm. the type of players I think you're going to start to see Milwaukee bring in. They're going to be these type of old 30-plus vets on minimum deals that can actually make an impact. I remember Marvin Williams was doing well in the playoffs. Same with Wesley. That's why I'm a little sad that he opted out. But I understand he probably wants to be a starter somewhere. Uh, but Wesley, same type of thing. He's over 30. He was 33. But... Come playoff time, he was actually locking in on defense. Same with Marvin Williams getting big rebounds when they could. They were they were doing what they could to win the game. And I think kind of the same way where LeBron in Cleveland, you started to see this transition of, okay, you know, all is, all is good if you're trying to stay to the plan. But there comes a certain point where you have to move all your chips in the middle of the table kind of in life or as a franchise on a star. And Giannis is that we're here. He's that one player that you're, you're going all in on. And not only that, but this is a massive year because Giannis can either sign the Supermax pretty soon and stay with Milwaukee for a long time, or he cannot. And then it's kind of like a make and break season to see how it goes. So a lot of eyes are on this season, and mm-hmm. this is the only time the Barch franchise can go all in, arguably since the, uh, I mean, since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, I mean, the the team that... Two, 2001, the maybe, yeah. Yeah, the, the te- but they didn't really have... I mean, it wasn't Ray like Allen this. Star, it wasn't the same way. We didn't have they the didn't two-time have MVP. Yeah, they didn't have the DPOY. DPOY. I think this is something that's completely getting not looked on is Giannis won the MVP and DPOY. He won them both and they still got bounced in the second round. And so I think uh, a lot of Bucks fans share this frustration that it's hard to really have your heart and soul in a team that outperforms in the regular season, but doesn't really live, a, live up to it in the playoffs. And hopefully these moves show that they're trying to fix that. I think that's more more than anything that Bucks fans should be optimistic that, you know, Drew Holiday, clear upgrade over Bledsoe. Even though Bledsoe clear. got first team all defense a couple years ago, I think uh, when the players were asked who was one of the best on-ball defenders, they didn't say Eric Bledsoe. They said Drew Holiday. And Bogdanovich, same type of thing. This is a sneaky foreign guy who's averaging 15 points on a uh, – he kind of started some games. He didn't start some games. And foreign guys 
are extremely underrated in the NBA. Whether whether you like it or not, Doncic they're not is, as flashy. Kind of cha- they're not as flashy, and Bogdanovich, he's going to probably have a nice looking stroke, and he's going to be able to get some points when the Bucks need him and help space that floor out. So uh, I, I like it. You know, I like it, him as an upgrade over Wesley too. So. Um, yeah, well, well, you know, just to go back to your point about Bledsoe, like we tried so hard to be, you know, just keeping it positive about Bledsoe. There was a lot to like about the guy, but it just really came down to it. Um, you know, versus the Celtics, Terry Rozier completely got, you know, completely owned him. And then you got Kyle yeah. Lowry. There's no reason, like Kyle Lowry's a phenomenal Tyler player, Hero. but there's no reason that Eric Bledsoe, who, you know, went to Kentucky under Coach Cal, uh, played with John Wall, you know, came up, stayed tough. You know, there's no one denying this man's toughness one bit. Yeah. But there's no reason he should have gotten just de- m- destroyed by, you know, these this Terry Rozier. Then you look at Kyle Lowry. And then this year you're thinking, okay, we really can't defend Bledsoe anymore, but he ha- he's having a pretty good regular season. The Bucks are clicking. Maybe this year he'll bring his normal regular season self to the playoffs. Well, guess what? He is what we thought he was. And you can't defend it anymore. Like, he just had to go. He was on an atrocious contract. Uh, we we really, really, really enjoyed his contributions. But, like, he just could not play in the playoffs. And it wasn't like he was playable. You know, it, it's like he was that bad. And it's it's it was such a discrepancy. I think that's why I'm kind of just having a hard time articulating it. But I think a lot of Bucks fans know what we mean. It's just like it was that big of a difference it was that big of a discrepancy like yes the playoffs are a little tougher Giannis and Chris are having their trouble uh seeing increased defense pressure from the defense but like that opens up other opportunities it's like the NFL when you got the coverage rolled on to Devontae Adams well that kind of opens up the field for MVS and these other things um so Drew Holiday extremely extremely strong player uh, off the field, he's stuck with his wife who, you know, had her bout with cancer. Uh, happy to hear that she's recovering. They have a beautiful family. And Drew's really just a, you know, he's he's been a pro on and off the court. I remember we were first exposed to this guy when he was a McDonald's All-American and going to UCLA. Yeah. One and done there. Um, you look at his career averages, he's he's darn good. Uh, averaged 16 points for his career, over six and, you know, about six and a half assists, four rebounds. But you look more towards the recent end of the spectrum and he's going to get you about 20 points, uh, six or seven assists and five rebounds while also providing first, uh, you know, top caliber defense. Like if Drew, Drew holiday comes on the Bucks and the Bucks win 60 games again, it's going to be him getting that first team all defense and not Eric Bledsoe because winning contributes to those awards. As we know, um, like if Draymond green is on the worst team in the league, I have a hard time. He'd be getting, believing he'd be getting first team all defense, but, um, Drew Holiday, like he's as good as it gets. You know, we we've been having our eye on him for a few years. Yeah, go for it. Drew Holiday, over his career, has averaged one and a half steals a game. And you look at the last five years for Drew. You look at the last ten, and it's one point six, one point six, one point five, one point five, one point four, one point six, one point six, one point six, one point six. This guy can defend on the ball. And what are what are the opposing teams? Where are they beating the Bucks? Most of the time it was that point guard matchup. 
It was the mm-hmm. fact that Bledsoe was the guy that we were kind of like rooting for. Like, come on, Bledsoe, show up and like, you know, and you he just couldn't Bledsoe. do. Th- he just lost the matchup. You you mentioned the Terry Rozier matchup. He straight up lost that, and the Kyle Lowry matchup straight up lost that last year. It was even guys like Tyler Hero, uh, and obviously the Heat were a. Uh, type of a unique team where they had a lot of shooting I mean, guards and the about it was just six, embarrassing. players but like, we should not have lost was, the heat they embarrassed the bucks and i don't think that drew holiday is going to get severely outclassed by a player like terry rogier i don't think that would i don't think that would happen i think drew holiday if you had to bet in a playoff series who would be better terry rogier drew holiday i think most people are going to actually take drew holiday and uh I think that's 100%. saying something, especially especially if the Bucks are planning on going up against teams like Brooklyn, who are going to have Kyrie Irving. I mean, who's not, win not that really matchup? worried about him. Not worried about him. Yeah. I'm not worried about Brooklyn. Um, you know, I think you that's interesting. The, you bring the it Celtics, up, though, Kemba. You look at Kemba. You that's, know, Kemba. That's a team that we have to worry about. Yeah, I look at the East and I see the Celtics um, being probably the Bucks' main competition. I also see the Heat Toronto. Will be back there. The Heat will be back. Toronto. I think I think it was more so not that the Heat were that good. It was more so that the Bucks collapsed that badly. And you know, take that as you will, Bucks fans. Like uh you know that we like to keep it positive over here at Ike and Ike Bucks in general. Um, and that's what one of the reasons, like I said in the beginning, why we waited so long to do this podcast. It's just we really wanted to di- take time to digest exactly what happened so we didn't come to any emotional reactions, you know, maybe uh, get, you know, say something that we, we didn't have any merit behind or something like that. Well, you know, we should not have lost against the heat. I'm just going to say it like they're a talented team. Don't get me wrong. Jimmy Butler, like, you know, Chris, Chris Middleton, that's a push every day. Um, I, I would, you know, you could argue Chris Middleton almost, you might actually favor him. Tyler Harrow is a great player, but he's a rookie. Like Bam is an energetic guy. You know, it's like, how the heck did we lose to that team? A yeah, complete honestly. and utter collapse. Like I, I'm kind of grasping at straws trying to no justify excuses. their victory. And I love their identity. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of like toughness makes the difference. We actually just talked about this on a Packers podcast. Toughness yeah. is a huge difference maker. And the Bucks just collapsed that badly. So it's like if we're looking at the East, honestly, Bucks fans, you're going to have to let me know what you think about this. But I'm not afraid of Brooklyn. I think that team is going to have its own catastrophic chemistry issues. First year coach, Kyrie being a ball hog, KD being a, you know, very talented player, but also a little bit of a diva. Um, and then I, I'm not really worried about them. I think uh, you need cohesion to make the finals and win a championship, just like LeBron James provides, just like the Heat were able to carry to the finals, just like the Raptors were able to carry to the finals the year before, just like the Warriors were able to carry to the finals. Like all these teams in the finals, they have cohesion. I just don't see that out of the nets. I think the Celtics will have great cohesion. I think the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, will continue to get better. Um, but I think this is the Bucks conference to lose. I, I really do. Um, you know, both him and Drew, Bogdanovich and Drew are both pretty good three-point shooters. Uh, Drew's checking in at about 35, 36%. Bogdanovich, he's at about uh, th- uh, 37, 38% for his career. Um, so we're bringing in two shooters. You know, we, we have Chris, who's a, I would argue he's a max player. He's on a max deal, but I think he deserves it. Uh, continues to take his game up another every year. 
Um, Brooke Lopez kind of had an, a dud of a season last year, but really, really, really came on strong in the playoffs, recouped a bunch of his value, definitely giving him a lot of credit for that. He was one of the few players who actually showed up to play. Um, then you got guys like Giannis, you know, who it's scary to think about Bucks fans, but Giannis is going to get even better. We actually said this after the Toronto Raptors series collapse. We said, as crazy as it might sound, as much as it might hurt right now, this setback will end up making Giannis even more of a beast. And he won MVP again. He improved on his numbers. He won DPOY. And it's just going to happen again. Like Giannis, his reputation around the league is suffering big time from these last two playoff losses. And no matter who you are, that's just something that if you're competitive, you're you. not happy about that. Yeah, it's, it's like Giannis isn't really one to worry about what other players think as much as Kevin Durant. But you don't want players around the league saying you're soft. You don't want players around the league saying you can't compete in the playoffs. Like, I expect him to use that as motivation and uh, come back even more of a beast. You know, obviously, you, you got to perform. Like, we all know Giannis is a beast, but uh, it's a scary thought and an exciting thought as well to think that he's just going to come back even better. Um, I think this is the Bucks conference to lose. Obviously, the West has a lot of talented teams. I think we are the the class of the East with these moves. I wanna I wanna talk about the pieces that the Bucks still need to go out and get. When I look at this roster right now, the big difference between the Bucks and say a team like the Miami Heat is that toughness, that leadership, that grit. It's almost like the grit aspect. Who's gonna bring that? Uh, mm-hmm. I look at the Bucks roster, and unfortunately, it's gonna have to be Giannis. Because right now, Mm -hmm. there is no Jay Crowder. There is no Jimmy Butler on this roster who scraps it up when the going gets tough and will play, you know, until they're they're dead. And that's another Mm -hmm. thing I want to bring up. Let's talk about the management of the players that Coach Bud did during the playoffs. (laughs) We can't. I don't understand this guy. I I, I can't. I don't understand this. Uh, He refuses to play Giannis more than. 40 minutes. He refuses to play anyone more than 40 minutes unless it's an overtime game. And he thinks it's almost like a detriment if he does. And you look around the league, guys like Butler are putting up 45 minutes. LeBron is playing. I mean, we all know LeBron only comes out if he wants to or a quick 30 second rest every here and here and there. And there's something to be said about the stamina and the, the, the management of how these rotations are going down. It's, it's the most kind of concerning aspect is you're not going to beat anyone if your star Giannis is only playing 32 minutes a game. I don't care how rested he is. It's the playoffs. This guy should be playing 45. And I, I think that's a place where he can improve is his stamina. We saw it last year in the playoffs. He wasn't able to stay healthy, and he wasn't able to uh, keep his endurance. A lot of times he would run himself ragged going hero mode, kind of going that Russell Westbrook, you know, he could score, he can go down the uh, court, block you, grab the rebound, take it full length, dunk it. But then after a couple of those series, this man's gas, this man's winded. And so I hope that they start playing him more of these lengthy minutes during the regular season so that he gets used to playing this workload. And uh, how, how do you feel about that? Well, it's just like, you know, we've all seen examples in our live of when data, the trendy word data, the stats, you know, 
analytics, infiltrating NBA, infiltrating AKA, sports, infiltrating work. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it could be, it, you know, and, and it's like, this is an example of when the data is just full of shit, you know, just to, yeah. just to go off of what you just said. You know, it's like, I don't give a shit what the data says, Coach Bud. I want Giannis on the court to win the damn game. I mean, to come back to the third time to this, it's a results-based business. I don't it care is. about what your data says playing Giannis 32 minutes a game. I don't think the Bucks Nation cares about that either. And maybe Alex Lazary cares about that, you know, <laughs> someone whose priorities could be questioned. Um, but I don't think anyone who genuinely <laughs> wants to see the Bucks win a championship would argue that playing Giannis 30 minutes in the playoffs and somehow defending it, like he didn't even have an adequate reason for it. He's just like, no, like that was what we meant to do. We really wanted to defend the guy or we really wanted to only play him this much. And uh, that's our plan. It's like, you have to be able to justify Like if the result didn't work, at least give us an excuse. Like everybody makes mistakes. You know, coach Bud last year could have been that opportunity to be like, look, you know, uh, we, we played Giannis 38, 40 minutes, and I could have played him 48, and maybe that would have made the difference. Who knows? We'll find out next year. Next year rolls around, we don't get to find out because Coach Bud shrinks the rotations. And it was such a yeah. disturbing trend because the whole league caught on to it because this was the second year in a row. It's not like this is just the first thing, first time happening. It's everybody's like, you know, what are they doing here? Like, like you know, and, and frankly – no one really holds Coach Bud accountable uh, in terms of reporters, in terms of, you know, anyone. And the result deserved to have some accountability. Like, like if we win the championship, he's yeah. a genius. We're all, we're all dumb. You know, he's a genius. But no, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a bold take, but I'm pretty sure I could have coached the Bucks for the second round or the third round. You know, like, I think you could have as well. I think a lot I of might people could have. I might have been going out on a limb with that one, but I really think – you just put your freaking best players in the game and you keep them motivated. And it's like when there's that big, like maybe if it's Giannis versus LeBron and AD, okay, anything could happen. But this is the heat. Just to go back to it, there is no way we should have lost that series. And Coach Bud's back. What's done is done. Um, but this is one of those oppor- this is one of those times when the data, I don't care what it says. I just want Giannis to play enough to win. It's really, you know, it really matters more. Like, it's not like we can just run it back and run it back and run it back. Like, these are years where we spend building up to these playoff moments. And this is a once we just got to do better, man. This is once in a franchise moment for the Milwaukee Bucks to have a player like Giannis. It's not like we're the Lakers and we can just attract guys based on the star factor of our franchise. This is Giannis we're talking about. And we have a coach that doesn't see a good reason why to play him more than 40 minutes. And I think that is a stubbornness that I'm not a fan of. I hope that Coach Bud realizes now that he got his ass bounced by the Miami Heat. Spolstra completely outcoached him. Mm -hmm. We don't even have to uh, talk about that. I think everyone around the league can agree on that one. Spolstra... Give Coach Bud the, the regular season award. Spolstra, you know, he, he gave that man a master class in the playoffs and how to actually <laughs> coach with a, with a worse roster. His roster, you, you got guys like Dragic. I mean, you got a rookie and hero that he's riding with. You got Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder. He just knows how to win games. And 
uh, you know, scheme. That's another thing is that Coach Bud is more of a system guy. He was more of a ride and die by the system. And I think once you get to the playoffs, it's more of a adjustments thing. That's something Nick Nurse is great at doing. That's something mm-hmm. Spolstra is great at doing. And I'm not sure if Bud is has shown any uh, capability of doing that, but staying optimistic that this year he has learned from his last two playoff experiences <laughs> and will actually make some adjustments. I have uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about. Yes. And this, and this is with the Bucks. So the Bucks, you know, they're a regular season team at this point in the eyes of the NBA. Fair. Gonna, That's fair. Unfortunately, Bucks fans, I'm going to be right there with you. KJ, we're going to be right there with you. We're going to be he- feeling your pain. You're going to hear guys like Skip. You're going to hear guys like Stephen A. Calling the Bucks regular season team all this year. Even if the Bucks Everybody. dominate the East again and get the one seed, no one is going to take them serious. And, and, and frankly, really... they've done it to themselves. They've done it they to have. themselves. It's sad to see, but they it's have. like, They've, they've put themselves in this position and, um, it's going to make winning a championship really sweet. You know, we all know, I think just to, to pick up what you're saying, Al, sorry to cut you off, but Giannis is going to get his ring. He's going to get his mm-hmm. ring, whether it's this year, whether it was, should have been two years ago, should have been last year, should be this year. If it's not this year, should be next year. You know, it, it, he, He's going to get one. And it's it's one of those things where I don't feel uncomfortable saying he's going to get one. And it's just a matter of getting that ring, like, you know, here. And and it's like we, we put the team around him. Uh, it's not the players at this point. You know, it's not the talent. It's like we really, really, really have to control what we can control. That means keeping Giannis on the floor. Um you know, putting the right matchups out there, not being super stubborn, weird bench lineups. Like, who knows? You know, it's just yeah. Giannis is going to players in the playoffs last season. Well, well, I'm sorry to like, bring this up. Yeah, just to hammer home the point, like Giannis is a transcendent talent. He's going to be. I say it like I think he's going to be number three all time, and that might sound crazy. Like I think he's really going to end up behind Jordan, LeBron. Uh, you know, obviously that, that take, which I've been consistent with throughout many years, if you ask my friends and family and those close to me, that take comes under some scrutiny after these last two playoff showings. I realize that. And, and maybe Giannis won't be a top three player of all time. Maybe he, maybe he won't be top top five. Maybe he won't be, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that he will be a top 10 player. You know, like we haven't seen anyone like him and a top 10 player, a top eight player, a top five player, top three, whatever he ends up being, those kind of players win rings. Like. I mean, who's the best player to, to never win a ring? You know, everybody's got a ring if they're, if they're any. I think it might be Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah. You, you got Barkley, you got Iverson, and, and Giannis is better than those guys, even though those guys are both legends. So we have to just get out of our own freaking way and let Giannis win his title here. We got to get him to do it here. But once, you know, we have this year, let's let's not let a minutes restriction data thing that the statistician guy from the basement cooked up derail another championship (laughs) i don't want to see it and and you know i don't want to see we've had we've had this filter for so long with ike bucks just because we have a lot of relationships with the organization and and we're never looking to players you know 
yeah, we're never looking to burn any bridges or alienate those relationships. Like we have, we're in Milwaukee. We have a ton of love for the Wisconsin community and and all that. And, you know, we're born and raised in this community. Like this is our team passionately. Like we, we bleed Milwaukee Bucks. We bleed the pack, Badgers, Brewers, that whole thing. Bucks is a special passion. Tell them about (laughs) what we, what we ended up, we've been Giannis fans. From the get-go, die-hard, die-hard Bucks fans. The Bucks, everyone remembers the Brandon Knight season. If you if you've been around this this long, where the Bucks were the last, the worst record in the NBA, and I think I maybe missed watching one game that season, maybe two. And when the Bucks drafted Giannis, KG well, actually, and I, that was Brandon Knight wasn't even on the team yet. That was that was sure? uh, he came. He came with Chris Middleton. So, yeah, that was everyone's first year was Giannis's first year. Brandon Knight, Chris Middleton, and Giannis all had their yeah, first yeah, Bucks uniform together. Yeah, that, that, that season. That was the worst. That was the worst record in, in the league. Yeah. Yeah, worst record in the league. So, that year, KG and I, year two. Giannis year gets one, year man. two. That's year I know, that's, I know, I know. I, I, that was year one. But year two, you know, we watched every game year one, stuck it out. Bucks draft Jabari Parker. There's a little bit of hope, you know, <laughs> that, that obviously didn't work out, but there's a little bit of hope. And we liked what we saw in Giannis. And we were such big believers in Giannis that in year two, we spent the money to get a signed Giannis autographed jersey on both sides because we believe that this guy will be an MVP and he's lived up to it. So we've been so blessed i would say to just be a part of this ride with you guys and we really well, it's not even just us it's we know that there are so many bucks fans out there just like us with that have a story just yeah. like that um I, one thing al forgot to mention it was actually his rookie jersey it was his uh red bucks alternate jersey and like you don't see those anywhere so um we know all you bucks fans are are diehards you know um, have been following the team religiously and are huge Giannis guys. And that's why we, we have so much love for the Bucks community because it's been a journey at this point. You know, this is Giannis year yeah. eight. We're entering Giannis Bottom year eight. Top. We've been on yeah. here. We've been on this for almost a decade. You know, a lot of Bucks fans yeah, have been on have. this ride with us for almost a decade. And we understand the passion. You know, like you may get in an argument with another Bucks fan. You may disagree with something we say. You may get in an argument with your best friend. You may things may get heated. It's not like <laughs> you may have you your whole care. mood thrown off one night because <laughs> the Bucks lose. <laughs> so but but it's it comes from a place of passion and it comes from a place it of does. love. Like people love this team, they love this franchise, they love Giannis, and we just want to see the best for him. So I think uh, these moves uh, we're, we're in position to win a championship this year. I think that has strengthened our squad. Uh, we're more top heavy than we've ever been. You know, we've talked about depth over the years. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're more top heavy, which is good for the playoffs. And uh, all you can really ask for is a shot, you know, and, and when I say a shot, I think we're one of the top four teams in the NBA, um, meaning we can get to that Eastern Conference finals. We can have a shot to get to those finals and uh, bring home the hardware, which we I believe we have the best player in the in the world. Um and Giannis Antetokounmpo with even more upside. And now he's surrounded by an even more talented supporting cast. So um, I think that's pretty much it for today's pod. Al, any more points you want to cover before we uh, wrap up? I just want to say, bringing this whole conversation back home, is that I'm optimistic. 
I'm feeling rejuvenated about this Bucks season now that these moves have been made. I think Bucks fans should also feel that there's some life again that even though as forget what happened in the bubble, let's focus on a new season. Let's focus on winning the ship this year. And Drew Holiday, Bogdanovich, those are moves in the right direction to give the Bucks that shot that KJ was just talking about. And I think that's something we can all be excited about and something we can look forward to enjoying. The draft is next week, Wednesday. I'm sure something's going to go down before then. Something's going to go down draft night. Going to be fun. Final thoughts is always, you know, keep the passion, Bucks fans. I think this is one of the most passionate fan bases. and We love to see it. And just, you know, stick with this team. Continue to support it. We love to see it. The community pours out the love for the Bucks. And we're right there with you. We're going to be rocking with you every step of the way. That sounds great. Um, yeah, just to, just to recap, uh, passion, love, desire to see this team win a championship. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's Bucks, uh, Ike Bucks podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're wherever you guys get your podcasts. Um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you enjoyed this show, Writing us a positive review. It's how we, you know, continue to give you guys good content. Um, continue to do what we love. Continue to support this team uh, from an independent, unbiased source. Um, you know, a lot of national media out there uh, like to paint their narrative, paint their picture of the Bucks, and we're we take a lot of pride in giving you guys intel with boots on the ground here. And um, you know, we're on Twitter, Ike Bucks. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff. We've been doing a lot of giveaways. Um, some of our other accounts, Ike Brewers, Ike Badgers. Uh, Ike Packers, and we do have some giveaways lined up in the future for Ike Bucks. So um, if you're a Giannis fan, you might want to keep tabs on that. Something exciting is coming yep. your way. If you like opportunities, Giannis, um, stay but yeah, you know, in the loop. Stay in the loop, as Al would say. Um, one final thing is uh, Ike is always much more than sports, and we just unveiled one of our newest ventures. It's called the Welcome to Ike podcast, and it's basically a podcast about um, you know, we, we have professional athletes on there, uh, but it's about much more than sports. It's kind of about development. So we might talk about real estate. We might talk about investing. We might talk about personal um, something that inspires us. You know, it, it's, I encourage everyone to give it a try. Uh, it's, it's really just special. That's the way I describe it. It's special. And we have some really exciting, uh, things lined up for that as well. So it's almost like a soft open for, um, our closest listeners who uh, we haven't really shouted this from the rooftops yet. We haven't really shouted out that the Welcome to Ike podcast is now live, but it is live on the Apple Podcast Store and the Spotify app. Um, you guys will, I think you'll really like that. So uh, once again, my name is KJ Eichstead. I want to thank Alex for joining us today. And until next time, Bucks fans, we're out. Fear the deer. <laughs>